Welcome to Federal Sense with your friendly HR guy. Hello, this is your friendly HR guy again. This is part four of our four-part series about the union. We talked about reserve management rights. We talked about formal discussions, Weingart meetings, and we're going to close it out with some general stuff. We're going to talk about uh, admin grievances, PMAP stuff, uh, the election year, that kind of stuff with the union. Um, and we'll just kind of capture all the uh, the ins and outs and the little stuff. So let's talk about administrative grievances. Um, as a manager, you more than likely won't be a part of this if you're the first-line supervisor because the grievance is based on a decision you made. So generally you wouldn't see any of this, but basically an employee can file a grievance that you know, you've done something wrong and your supervisor, the second-line supervisor, they would be the one that actually would handle that. And, you know, the HR guy over grievances would walk them through that. Um, and you'll get notified of their decisions. Um, but, you know, the, the trick with that is not getting involved. The employee wants to file a grievance. That's their right to do and not to really comment either way. Um, this is why when you make a decision, that's why you want to kind of talk to your supervisor first. Um and, and see if you've got their buy-in. Uh, I would avoid making decisions or doing things in your office if your supervisor or your second line is just going to jump in and, um, you know, cut your legs out of you and, you know, reverse it with a grievance. So definitely keep them situationally aware of what you're planning. Get their guidance and their thoughts. Um, but you can avoid a lot of grievances if they're kind of aware of what you're doing you 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 know it's good to clear it with your HR guy first, see if your boss is uh, on board, um, and you'll avoid a lot of grievances that way. But the way it works is when they file a grievance, they have a meeting with the you know the manager that can make a decision. Usually the next line, um, they air the grievance. They talk about if there's a way we can settle it. Blah blah blah. It's um, you know, I've been in agencies where they do a lot. I've been in agencies where it was rarely done. So um, you can avoid that by just kind of talking to your supervisor, talking to HR before you do anything um, that's going to get grieved. Um, but the master labor agreement would talk about that process. So feel free to read your, your CBA um, about you know, the procedure with that. But generally, first-line supervisors don't get involved in those because... You're the one making the decision that's being grieved. Uh, next thing, PMAPs. So a lot of the stuff you do in PMAPs might get end up being grieved. Um, understand this, that when you're changing a PMAP for the year, what you can do is, uh, you know, and, and read the CBA, read that master labor agreement. There's usually a comment period for the union on the PMAP. So if you're changing the metrics or you're changing the elements, um, you know the master labor agreement might require you to give them something like a five-day comment period. Um, the union doesn't get to really decide what goes in the PMAP, but they are allowed to comment. So it's it's always good, um, and and you know read that master labor agreement. It might talk about if the employee gets a comment period. Generally, both the union and the employee get a comment period. So what that looks like is just sending them a copy of the PMAP and giving them five business days to send you comments. Um, I like to do it at the same time. 
So it's kind of a double dipping where you send the union and the employee at the same time, and then you give them a deadline for their comments so that it doesn't go on forever. And their comments might be, I don't like this, or, oh, this does isn't clear enough. And maybe you make some changes to clarify it better, or maybe you do nothing. Um, all you have to do is consider their comments, which basically means you don't have to do anything. And generally, just a heads up, the union will never say, these are amazing. Oh, these are the best elements I've ever seen. Don't expect that. Don't, don't, you know, don't let your feelings get hurt when they comment that they don't like them. They're never going to say they like your elements because then they feel like they're waiving their rights to file grievances later on. So I've had perfect elements and send them to the union and their comment are, these elements aren't specific enough. And my question was, okay, well, where, what don't you understand or what isn't clear? And then they never responded. That they don't want to put in writing that they like the elements or that the elements are fair or clear. They're never going to give you anything positive. And that's just the, the nature of the business. So don't don't get in your feelings hurt and don't expect some kind of positive, you know, reinforcement from the union. They're just not going to give it to you. So do the comment period, give them a deadline on when the comments are due, and then just keep it moving. And, and you know, read the comments. They might bring up some good ideas. The employees might bring up some good ideas. Um, you know, I, I would like to have the employees engaged before you have the final ones, you know, sit and talk to the employees and say, hey, well, you know, what is it you think, um, you know, is an important part of your job? And, you know, you can you can have conversations with your employees about PMAP and and they'll usually give their comments in that meeting and that 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 can help you kind of create these elements. But um, reach out to your HR guy or girl and they can help you um with with communicating and, and sending notice to the union but keep in mind they do get a comment period generally and it, that's in the master labor agreement so every agency is going to be a little different um uh, the other notes i'm because uh, i'm i just wrote some notes on general stuff to go over here election year um keep in mind when the union has elections um you'll notice that their activity gets a little bit more erratic um they start doing a lot more things to kind of kind of show why you know people should join and especially if there's a you know there's possibly two or three people running for president you'll see them doing a lot of uh, crazy things I think I think as a manager just step back let them do their business um, you know you're obviously not going to change how you're doing your job but uh, don't don't get upset if they start sending wacky emails asserting that you know you're breaking the law or uh, anything like that and you know so I, I always like to tell managers be aware when it's election time understand that the activity is going to pick up they're probably going to file more grievances they, they want to show the employees the value they bring that kind of stuff so um, you know don't don't be shocked by that it, it is a common practice I've at least seen that during election year we usually get the more silly grievances and, you know, you'll get emails about, uh, I know when Trump was president, this was a big thing that every time uh, Trump made an executive order, um, they would send out a bunch of emails and, and things as though executive orders were somehow suggestions. You know, the agencies didn't have a choice. Um, they had to do whatever the executive orders were. It's, it's you know, 
as as federal employees, we, we don't get to decide which executive orders we like. But the union it just acted like it was somehow up to us or we could decide what to do. And it's like, nope, these are executive orders. We just have to do what they say. Um, so that was um, something I noticed during election year. It, it definitely picked up. Um, uh, that's pretty much the ins and outs of it. Um, let's go over what we've already talked about in this four-part series about the union. Reserve management rights, you know, understand what you have the right to do as a manager. Understand that, um, you know, you, you, you don't want to give those rights away. Um, and that the unions, they will sometimes try to bully you that you can't do this or can't do that. That's why it's important to know your rights. They're not allowed to interfere with those rights. They're not allowed to um, you know, uh, hinder those rights. And uh, much like you're not allowed to hinder their rights. So um, understand that uh, the union employees and you as a supervisor have rights. Know those rights. Uh, that's important. And that's part one. Uh, part two, formal discussions. This is important when you're communicating to your employees. You don't want to circumvent the union. They do have a right to be present at these formal uh, discussions. Um, but first, you have to know what is a formal discussion. And we go over that in, in part two. Uh, we break down the different elements. And it's not a clear black and white, this is a dis formal discussion, this isn't. It's based on a lot of elements. And you know you have to kind of make a reasonable conclusion. You know what I say, when in doubt, just call it a formal discussion, invite the union. Half the time, they aren't even going to show. Um, third part is the Weingart meetings. Um, that's more of investigatory stuff where you're asking questions that may lead to discipline. Um, you know, that, that's valuable in how the union, um, you know, um, is part of that process. And then today we talked about administrative grievance. Um, PMAP election year stuff. We went over it. It's brief. And the reason I'm not getting too detailed is I've worked with about three different unions um, and about four other agencies. So every union's a little different. The master labor agreement's a little different. I encourage you all as new managers to read the master labor agreement. Read the MOUs, the memorandums of understanding that pop up. Those, those come up sometimes, you know, monthly in some agencies. You, you got to understand what the union and the agency have agreed upon because it's your job to enforce that and to, you know, follow those agreements. So, um, you know, in general, um, I don't recommend having direct communication with the union. You should really be going through your HR office. They have labor specialists um, that, that have great relationships or should have great relationships with the union. Um, I wouldn't necessarily mean, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't, you should run from the union when they call you, but when they call you, don't make any promises, don't make any, you know, assertive statements uh, or decisions. They're going to want you to make a decision right away and, and answer their question or make, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, statement or final conclusion. Don't feel rushed. There is no timeline in that kind of thing. You say, you know, that's a good question. Let me get back to you. Go talk to your labor specialist or anyone in HR that, that has that area. And, you know, uh, they can help you research the master labor agreement, MOUs. You talk to your supervisor. Don't make a decision for the agency in an eight-second phone call because the union's yelling at you, okay? Because you are a management official. You represent the agency. 
stuff you say, stuff you put in an email, the union can use in arbitrations and future litigations because you represent the agency. So you saying things is actually quite impactful and important. So be careful what you say, what you promise, what any decision you make, it could affect a lot of other aspects that you're not considering. So go slow when you're talking to the union. Avoid talking to the union if you can. Have official meetings where you invite HR, you invite other people um, that, that might have a lot more experience with the union. Um, you don't have to go at it alone, but don't be afraid of the union. They will call you sometimes. A lot of times they're asking you questions because they don't know if they want to greet it. You know, they're thinking, you know, an employee went to them with some crazy story and they're not sure if, you know, that person is telling the truth. They'll come to you and ask you questions. Feel free to answer the questions, you know, with no, I didn't do that or no, that's not what it was. Answer them briefly, but then I recommend let's have an official meeting. You can invite your, your labor specialist. They can invite other people and we can have like more of an official meeting. Try not to have these kind of meetings on a one-on-one -on -one phone call where I guarantee this person is taking notes and is going to hold you to these things. And you might say something in a vague way that they're going to take the worst way possible. So keep in mind that some phone calls from the union are traps. So, you know, go slow. And I encourage you to have more official meetings where you get to invite your uh, labor specialist that can definitely help you. Um, and it doesn't hurt to brush up on the master labor agreement before those meetings so you kind of know what you're talking about when, when you have those discussions. Um, hope this helps. This one's a brief one, just kind of closing in on all the, um, the little ins and outs of, of dealing with the union. If you have anything about unions or you want to give me more specifics about your specific union or issues you're having, let me know. Um, I, I encourage you to talk to your own labor people, but sometimes you have a question and you, maybe you don't have a good relationship with them and you just want to ask somebody that's not going to make fun of you. Uh, feel free to shoot me an email. It's federalsons at uh, gmail.com. And um, I'll, uh, I'll either respond to you, and if I think it's cool enough, uh, maybe I'll put it in a future episode. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Have a question for the HR guy? Send it to federalsense at gmail.com.